Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. Okay, we're going to be talking about regret, an apologetic life. You know, uh, Edith Piaf, she was a very famous uh, French singer, uh, and she sang Non Gene Regrette Rene. And what that means is I have no regrets. And, and if we followed her advice and try to live in the moment without looking back and without any self-judgment, or we sometimes learn valuable lessons by analyzing our behavior and its consequences. So the deal is we have to understand before we resolve regret, what is it? Well, well it's a negative uh, a cognitive emotional state that involves blaming ourselves for a bad outcome, feeling a sense of loss or, or sorrow at what might have been or wishing that we could undo a previous choice that we made. You know, for, for a lot of young people, regret, although painful to experience, it's a fairly helpful emotion. You know, the pain of regret can result in refocusing and taking corrective active actions or, or pursuing a brand new path. However, the, the, the less opportunity one has to change the situation, the more likely it is that regret can turn into rumination and chronic stress, and that damages people's body, their mind, and, and their spirit. You know, women and men differ in the things they regret. Studies on gender differences in regret show a very high value that women put on relationships and how women have more difficulty disengaging from past relationships. So overall, in most studies, around somewhere around 44% of women surveyed had romantic regrets versus 19% of men. And this result may also reflect men's greater tendency to replace lost relationships quickly with new partners. And, and in, in many studies, uh, those not in a current relationship understandably had more regret over past ones. You know, uh, Living in the U.S. experiences uh, more regret than other cultures. Well, actually, if you look at it, research studies have compared the, the experience of regret in cultures such as the U.S. where individuals have more choice over their life course versus cultures with arranged marriages where families have much more control over life uh, choices. Not surprisingly, uh, regret is much more commonly experienced and reported to have more positive aspects by young people in the U.S. So people... In collectivist cultures, which de-emphasize individual choice, have less of a basis for blaming themselves for negative outcomes because tradition plays a much greater role. They also had no other choice, so they, they may as well accept the situation and make the best of it. You know, we have to ask ourselves, do people experience more regret when they look back over long periods. Well, research has also compared regret over different long uh, periods. Over short periods, 
People are more likely to regret actions taken and mistakes made, whereas over long periods, they're more likely to regret actions not taken, such as missed opportunities for love or working too hard or not spending enough time with family. You know, regret does have some value. And and so studies of younger people show that regret has rated more favorably than unfavorably, primarily because it's informational value in motivating corrective action. And interestingly, regret was rated highest in a list of negative emotions in fulfilling five functions. And one is making sense of the world, avoiding future negative behaviors, gaining insight, achieving social harmony. And lastly, improving the ability to approach desired opportunities. And, and, you know, presumably that's because of past experiences. But the deal is regret can play a great role in helping us learn. And that's a thing called experiential learning. You know, uh, regret can have long-term effect on our well-being. And so th- there's... There, there, there's damaging effects on the mind and body when it turns into fruitless rumination, self-blame that keeps people from re-engaging with life. And this pattern of repetitive, negative, self-focused, ruminative thinking is characteristic of depression, and it may be a cause of mental health problems. You know, there was a uh, ARP study that re- regret can result in chronic stress, uh, negative, uh, negatively affecting hormonal immune system functioning, and it also impedes the ability to recover from stressful life events by extending their emotional reach for months, years, or lifetimes. So, how do we have that thought-based uh, basis of regret? Well, regret can also stem from uh, uh, really un- uh, terrible thinking. In other words, it's easier to... Uh, uh, envision a different outcome and the more likely way we are to regret the lost opportunity. You know, um, there's a a Harvard newsletter study that tells a story of a man in, uh, not a study, but a a story that tells the story of a man in Liverpool who always chose the same set of lottery numbers. However, one time when he forgot to renew his ticket, his numbers came up. And this poor man was so full of self-recrimination and regret that he committed suicide. You know, mentally coming this close to a life of riches and then not getting it because his own inaction was too much to bear. Interestingly, career mistakes are a frequent source of regret in uh, many research studies. So perhaps because of opportunities that people come close to but miss. You know, advertisers uh, love to harness the power of regret. Advertisers are are uh, uh, using it to get people to buy products. You know, we're all familiar with those uh, depressing ads for life insurance, which discussions following the funeral focus on regrets at not buying policies and and, uh, and then all of a sudden the family's in a difficult situation. You know, uh, if you uh, look at the idea, I could have had a V8, you know, that was a guilt trip for a, you should have drank V8 instead of that soft drink. You know, um, if you look at also the, the facts that uh, Nike focus on exercise using slogans, focusing on the next day regret for not exercising the way uh, to, so that would motivate people to live a healthier uh, lifestyle. You know, we have to look at what can we do? What can we do to 
cope with regret. The the first part, and we're going to talk about that throughout the show, but the first part is, you know, harness the functional aspects of regret. Regret, like all emotions, has a function for survival. It's our brain's way of telling us to take another look at our choices, a signal that our actions may be leading to negative consequences. And regret is a major reason why addicts get into recovery. You know, if there's nothing you can do to change a situation, the best idea is to let it go. If you get stuck blaming yourself, regretting past actions, this could turn into depression and anxiety, and it will damage your self-esteem. So find a way to forgive yourself and let it go. And the best way to do that is to look at what led you to the decision. What was the process leading up to the bad decision rather than simply beating yourself with on the same door looking at the decision that was made? The process is where you get forgiveness because that is where you discover what was I thinking? How did I get to this point where this thing happened? You know, that is where you develop self-forgiveness. And that's also where you discover forgiveness of other people is examining the process rather than the outcome. You know, uh, it, it, you know, you find a way to forgive yourself, and you could also think about what you would say to a loved one in the same situation to make them feel better and say that to yourself. Most people have an easier time forgiving others than themselves. And also, make sure you're not taking too much blame. Consider the circumstances at the time that may have made it more difficult to make good choices or the fact that you had limited knowledge at the time. Perhaps you had to make a quick decision under time pressure, had multiple stresses going on. Another thing is reframe the situation more positively. Think about life is a journey. Everybody makes mistakes, and these can be opportunities to learn important lessons about yourself, your ways of reacting, your values, vulnerabilities, your triggers, uh, and also about other people and how to take better care of yourself. So what are human life most common regrets? Well, one of them, and probably the top one, I wish I had been more loving to people Uh, who matter the most. Many people express sorrow for not having been more understanding, more caring, more present for the people who are important to them, and they wish they had the courage to say, I love you more often. You know, that can be resolved by taking a few moments to, to write a letter, make a phone call to someone you love, and let them know how much you care. It will mean the world to them, and it will make you feel pretty good, too. You know, other regret, I wish I had been a better spouse, parent, or child. Even if your family's not perfect, they're probably the ones who are there for you when you need them. So remember to express gratitude for them as often as you can. Another common regret we're going to have in this life, many people do, I wish I had not spent so much time working. So remember that you've had choices when it comes to your job. Choose a company that values a healthy work-life balance. It's okay to respectfully decline additional assignments that would require you to work beyond your assigned hours. Your job is important, but there are other things in life that are just as important. Another regret that many people have, I wish I had taken more risks. Well, that's called 
a faith-based life, taking risks. You know, many feel that there is a fear of failure causing them to play it too safe. They knew that they could have been richer, more fulfilling lives had they taken some risks and distributed uh, disturb the status quo. You know, consider making a list of everything you have ever wanted to experience in life, then start crossing them off one by one and watch your happiness and your comfort zone expand dramatically. You know, example would be to say, hey, I've never been to Europe, but I've always wanted to go there. Well, get a budget and figure it out and set a date that you would like to go and make concrete plans and see how your life can change. You know, doing things like actually meeting people, actually greeting people that you don't know, but you feel like you can make good friends with. You know, that's a courageous step. Go out and do it. Making an investment in your life, like buying a home instead of living in an apartment all the time. You know, make a plan, make it happen and see how your life changes. You know, uh, a lot of people uh, wish they'd been happier and enjoyed life more. You know, uh, truth is that, uh, you know, most people regret the time they wasted worrying about things beyond their control. They didn't realize they were capable of choosing fun and happiness until it was too late. You know, the bottom line is, if you look at the DSM-4 and I, or DSM-5, and I've stated this many, many times, the AXIS-1 diagnoses, which are the thought-based diagnoses, not the organic ones, not the ones like mental retardation, but the, the thought-based disorders, if you look at the square root of every single one of them, depression, anxiety, so many of these disorders, the, 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 the eating disorders, the, 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 um, the obsessive compulsive disorders, these all have the square root of needing con- to control things in life that we cannot control. And each of those diagnoses are symptoms of how we try to control the things that we cannot control. And so, you know, that is the thought disorder and that's why they can all be fixed and that's why therapy plays a gigantic role. It's undoing those patterns that we develop in our brain to control things that we cannot control and and the way that we cope with the things that we cannot control and the symptoms that derive from the need to control things we cannot control. You know, people also have another regret, uh, very common, I wish I had lived my own dream. You know, many people's lifelong dreams went unfulfilled because they were too concerned with trying to live up to someone else's expectations. You know, the truth is, we are not nearly as important to people as we think we are. You know, by the time you're hopefully 40 years old, you start to look around and you realize you're not on many people's radar very often throughout the day. Even your children, even your spouse, you know, many of these folks just don't think about us that often. That means that we have a lot more freedom and re- and responsibility for ourselves rather than trying to please other people. And that is when people usually begin to individuate and start making unapologetic decisions about what their life is all about and who they really are. Some people call that a midlife crisis. You know, uh, You are the only one who knows what's best for you. So you allow yourself to be open to endless possibilities. And when envisioning your dream, remember that this or something else could be even better. You know, a lot of people have huge regrets 
about not taking better care of themselves. You know, it, many people could have resolved a lot of their health issues had they eaten better, had they slept more, had they paid more attention to their health and well-being, had they paid more attention to their support system and their relationships in life. They might not have gotten sick. They might have wished they had made self-care more of a priority. You know, so now... If you have not run into a health issue that isn't killing you, make time to go on a nature walk, take a nap, meditate, do something, pray every day. And by doing that and taking better care of yourself, you have a lot less regret in your life. You know, a lot of people find that they'd wish they'd done more for other people. Uh, I can't tell you how countless times wishes from people who, who dreamed of making a difference through kindness and compassion, acts of service. Many people made the decision oftentimes right before they, their time of dying to donate their money to charities and service organizations so they could positively affect the lives of others after they were gone because they didn't do so in their life. You know, um, Pick a cause that is special to you while you're living and consider donating a bit of your time, your money to help someone in need. That is the purpose of life. That is our soul's journey is helping other people. You know, a lot of people wish they'd chosen work that was more meaningful. And so, you know, a lot of people will express that they enjoyed their job, but it stuck with it year after year to pay the bills. And so they wished, you know, they wish instead that they they choose to work in a line that is more purposeful and passionate, work that they were more excited about and gave them a sense of fulfillment. You know, it, it'd be a great time in your life to take some time and get crystal clear on what you're passionate about. It's never too late. You can then begin looking for work that speaks to those passions. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about what in the world do you do with regret? Come back. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to transform your life. Start by tuning in to The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. Glenise combines business, relationships, wealth, life, and a whole lot of magic to create abundance and prosperity in every part of your life. It's all done through straight and often frank discussions in the best way that Glenise knows how. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Master your life with The Glenise Show. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. 
It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about regret, living an apologetic life. You know, what do you do with regret? One of the most frequently experienced emotions is regret. Feelings of regret can stem from looking back on the past, behaviors, decisions, and believing that a better outcome may have occurred or if a different choice was made. You know, uh, a lot of the topics about regret center around your education, your career, your romance, your parenting, your marriage, your children yourself, leisure activities. You know, when having regret, a person can experience emotional, cognitive, and neurophysiological effects. Regret is often accompanied by negative emotions such as guilt, disappointment, self-blame, frustration. In addition to that, people frequently engage in cognitive exercises, thought-based exercises, trying to understand why they made a poor decision or acted in the way they did or what other choices they could have made to reap a better outcome. Uh, Moreover, regret activates certain areas of the cortex region of the brain, which is the the, uh, uh, lateral uh, uh, beto frontal. And, uh, you know, Researchers differ as to what stimulates regret, but some argue that opportunity breeds regret, meaning that regret is strongest under conditions when a corrective action exists, the opportunity uh, principle is basically what it's called, and and so many people experience regret over to the extent of their education, yet the opportunity to rectify this deficit remains open for most people, and it's available Um, But that spurs regret, the fact that they didn't follow through with something they really know they should have followed through through with. You know, the deal is, if we look at our life, and and let's just embrace a a philosophy, a philosophy called determinism. It happened because that's what was supposed to happen. That's determinism. It happened because that's what had to happen to get you to make a better choice or to examine something or to create a brand new opportunity for you that may be even better than the one you had envisioned. You know, a lot of people uh, would attribute determinism to God, to God making a choice for us and letting us have the free will to make a choice and hoping 
in, in hopes that our free will will lead us to a different choice that will benefit our life. You know, sometimes things that look bad can do good for us. Um, sometimes many bad situations can teach us something about ourselves that we need to learn before we make a choice that will take our life down the toilet. You know, sometimes bad things happen for good reasons. You know, an argument for supporting the opportunity principle is that there are few rationalizations that can effectively diminish the, 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 the rumination of regret because actions that can address it are still accessible. Under the theory of the opportunity principle, feelings of regret will continue until a corrective action is taken. You know, um, some folks believe that feelings of regret are more likely to occur and more prominent under situations when there is no opportunity to rectify the decision or action. And that is the, the opportunity that existed before was not taken advantage of and it's now lost. So it can be argued that age is a factor when it can affect available opportunities. So theoretically, education can be obtained at any age. However, it's not easy for older aged individuals with much more responsibility than young people who have other resources and parents there to help them, sometimes, not all. Um, similarly, you know, finding romance late in life is more difficult than one, uh, when one is younger and the field is more open when you're younger. So the deal is in, later in life, people have more baggage, people have more responsibilities, People oftentimes have children, they have debt, they have all kinds of crazy things. So later in life, it's a little little less uh, uh, easier to find someone that matches up with your life and doesn't draw you down and burden you with their own regrets and bad choices. You know, regret can be an adverse emotion impacting life satisfaction. However, if regret is confronted appropriately, it can have a positive effect. Regret can lead to a retros uh, retrospective analysis that can help people understand the reason why they thought or acted like they did. So there may have been a specific reason for that. And by making sense of their past thoughts or their actions, and that once again goes back to the what made me decide that, how did I decide to, to do that, they may feel less pain, remorse, and self-condemnation. Uh, they may change their thoughts and behaviors to that which now will lead to a desired outcome. They may learn from their mistakes and incorporate this into their decisions and actions. And, um, you know, they may, they may start to analyze what they can do to extenuate the positive and reduce the negative effects of regret. And they also may be more available to help other people heal from regret. You know, don't let feelings of regret eat you up. Engage in self-regulation and do not allow regret to become overwhelming. It's a part of life. We do not have all the answers. We often are living experientially and trying to go off our past, our present, our future, our instincts, our impulses, our fears. Uh, whatever you're feeling in the moment many times plays a factor in what we decide. And so, guess what? We may not make the best choice. We may just get it in the ballpark or we may be completely off base. This is what happens in life. You know, do not repeat in your mind if only thinking. That is one of the healing factors of regret. Accept what happened. Make peace with it. Come to terms with it. 
Accept that there are some instances or events that are way out of your control and accept that no life can be lived without regrets. Do not exaggerate your personal responsibility or harbor great self-blame. You know, forecast regret in your life. By preparing yourself, it may lessen the surprise and the pain and it may help you make more faith-based decisions about life. That means I have the desire for a positive outcome and that is the goal that I have in mind. When I'm taking a chance, I if I'm going to marry somebody, if I'm going to make an investment, if I'm going to take a new job, if I'm going to go out on a date, if I'm going to make a new friend, if I'm going to have children, these are all faith-based choices and you have to have the desire to have a positive outcome when you make those choices. If you make those choices and then begin regretting the choices and finding reasons why you should undo those choices, you, that's called um, self-defeat. And many people do that. They they make a purchase. That's what Ross and, and Marshalls and all those uh, resellers uh, love or, or end up getting is a lot of people who make impulse shopping and then they go back and return it. They make impulse shopping and go back and return. You know, that's the sad news about many people. They fill their closets full of crap they can't use because they make impulsive choices and uh, then they regret them. They either hide them or they take them back. So, you know, you want to look for the benefits that derive from regret. How did it encourage you to understand yourself? Did it present the gift of making yourself a better person? You know, if you overcome the feelings of regret by doing reparative actions, apologize to the people you hurt and do not procrastinate in correcting your poor judgment or action. Consider opportunities more fully and take advantage of those you uh, might otherwise have let slip by. Instead of focusing on the negative outcomes of regret, be more mindful of how regret has stimulated learning from experience, growth, positive change in you. Regret is an emotional mechanism. If one ruminates on lost opportunities, then regret becomes a maladaptive and can stymie growth. On the other hand, if regret reminds us that our time is short and that opportunities may be transitory, it helps us strive for a life well-lived and helps us make better choices. You know, regret, is it helpful? You know, it's a negative emotion that occurs Uh, Once again, when a person believes their life or their past actions or behaviors, if changed, may have achieved a better outcome. And, uh, you know, so looking at it, you know, the emotion of regret can be broken down into two components. It's number one, a negative emotional state and a cognitive construction of an alternate behavior or decision. Even if the alternate decision or behavior was highly probable or impossible, it can cause the person experiencing regret to apply a degree of self-blame. So it may be characterized by negatively uh, uh, thinking about the past in general or about a particular incident in the past. For example, a person might feel badly about the way they spent uh, their life by being plagued by regret. Alternatively, a person might just feel badly about a particular incident, uh, such as yelling at their mother or their their spouse uh, the last time that they saw them, and they feel bad about it. Regret tends to be a long-lasting emotion, and people might say that they are plagued by feelings of regret that they cannot eliminate. However, 
Regret can also be a short-lived feeling. For example, a child might regret uh, uh, tripping uh, their, their, their brother or sister and then quickly move past the feelings. The fact that regret is associated with the past, though, can make it particularly difficult to process because the actions that led to the regret can't be changed. And so feelings of regret are common themes for people that are usually coming of age. Uh, and, and so that's usually young people coming into life. But I can tell you regret moves on through life, especially with some people who have deficits in their life that are, are uh, less mature than their age. And so many people carry those scars and actually uh, due to certain triggers regret or regress back to a period in time in their childhood when they coped with something that they haven't seen in a long time. You know, regret can be beneficial by helping a person gain insight, improve future decision-making skills. Um, it can also be helpful because it signals a need for corrective action, and it can push people into implementing that action. And under the right circumstances, this can be considered a great consequence. You know, but with mental health and regret, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's. It can be it can bias a person's decision making and create uh, poor choices. You know, anxiety caused by repeatedly thinking about perceived better choices means that we're not going to trust ourselves, and that means that we're going to become indecisive. Chronic feelings of sadness and and dysphoria are common, and, and uh, shame. You know, guilt. These things are heavy. People, this, this stuff is horrible. You know, and it can really lead us, uh, friends, into a great uh, sense of, of disgust in ourselves. You know, there's a lot of anger at ourselves that we often project on other people that do the same things that we do and we regret. And it can significantly impede, impede our happiness because regret often causes people to feel shame, sadness, remorse about the ways in which they've spent their lives. Sometimes it can contribute to depression. And depression can also cause feelings of regret that were not previously there. You know, the therapy can be useful because it helps us reframe because regret, truthfully, is a thought disorder. It's a problem. It's a problem in our thinking. And that can always be changed. You know, there are people that are, are uh, uh, if you look at an apologetic life, there's a lot of people that are apologetic for God. You know, apologetics aim is to remove obstacles that hinder people from seeing God for who he truly is in his worth, uh, his goodness, his truth, his beauty. You know, traditional, historical, and scientific apologetics are aimed at removing obstacles to people seeing the truth of God and the Christian worldview. You know, moral apologetics, by contrast, is concerned to help them see that God is good. Both tasks are important, but they involve crucial differences. For someone to grasp something that is good involves more than mere thought process. It engages their affections. Seeing something as good requires an experience of goodness associated with that seeing something that's good. You know, arguments uh, and reasons are insufficient. So for someone to come to see God as good, they need to experience goodness associated with God. Often in, in, in if they look at their life, uh, many people uh, uh, find that they make uh, 
they they regret decisions that they made and that brings them closer to God because now they're having to evaluate consequences of those bad choices so regret can lead us into to to God you know if you if you've gone bankrupt if you've abandoned children if you you've uh, gotten a divorce if you've had an affair if you if you've taken a, a job that affects your family in a diverse way or a bad way or affects relationships, or, or if you broke up with, you know, your soulmate. These kind of things can be huge, and they lead us back to God. And so regret can be uh, leading us in an apologetic way back to God, and that can be a good thing in people's life because now they begin to open themselves up to sin, they open themselves up to making better choices, and they open themselves up to understanding how their life impacts other people. And that's why many times people attribute uh, the leading path to God as an apologetic one. You know, the deal is, if we want to live a regret-filled, free life, we all have memories of times we wish we could have done differently. And as we get older and learn, you know, it doesn't mean we're not going to continue to regret what we did before. Uh, we knew better. But if we didn't go through the experiences, we may not have grown into a resilient, compassionate people we are. And hopeful people, people that are optimistic, often understand regret and have dealt with regret in a way that it is a learning experience and hope that it resonates into better choices in the future. And that's what makes people more optimistic. You know, we need to, if we're going to be more faith-based in our in our life rather than fear-based, if, we're, if our philosophy is going to be more about the faith of making choices and then looking back at those choices and learning, then we're going to live a, a, a life that's in the flow with how life is to operate. You know, um, if we're going to be toxic and we're going to have intrusive thoughts and we're going to have fears and might have been and should haves and start living a life that won't make us feel good, then with that in mind, we're going to have a less hopeful prediction of the future, a more fear-based prediction. The world's going to be a dangerous place. We're going to live defensively. And oftentimes what happens is that philosophy is going to buy us a life filled with regret, regret for choices we didn't make and regret for choices that we did make, which minimized our ability to, to have a spiritual life on this planet, to let our soul journey through this life and experiencing it and, and react to it and also uh, help it in any way possible. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to talk about living regret-free a little bit more, and then we're going to go on into uh, what an apology is about and how to apologize. Come back. <laughs> It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951 
818-785-7856. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about regret and living an apologetic life. You know, if we're not want to live in regret, the first thing we have to do is own our own quirkiness. And that is to embrace what makes you different. You know, that can be difficult, but not doing so results in you looking back and regretting how disapproving you were of your one and only self with your one and only life. You know, fully own what makes you different and use it to your advantage. Besides, anyone who seems normal is faking it. We all have weirdness. You know, why should you waste your time being so disapproving of your own weirdness? You are the only you in the whole world. And in terms of supply and demand, you're a hot commodity and you need to treat yourself like that. The, the other thing is you'll be judged, you know, uh, uh, relinquish self-conscious anyway. It's impossible to control other people's opinions of you. It's their perception. It's their truth. It's not everyone else's truth. And, and so you could spend your whole life trying to make a good impression and you'd still fail eventually. We know we all care what others have to say, but it becomes a slippery slope when we value their opinions more than our own. So in order of importance... You know, our opinion of ourselves should be number one and number two, only remotely influencing who we are is everyone else's opinion of us. So stop wasting your time trying to please people whose opinions matter less than your own. Once again, we are rarely on most people's mind. Rarely. You know, there's a distinct difference between being clear about something and being unkind. You know, being 
honest and sharing your opinion doesn't give you license to be cruel and cutting. And with distance and perspective, you will most likely regret being a jerk. So sometimes you have to be nice instead of right. And a lot of people, especially in marriage, want to be right, especially at work. They want to be right. And the deal is, is, you know, if you're tempted to respond out of anger or pain, you know, take some time to calm down and think about how you'll feel if you hurt someone else. It's never worth it to be unkind and to be cutting and tell someone the truth that no one else will tell them. You know, some people love to do that, but the truth is they're narcissistic. You know, don't spend time with people you don't like. That That's huge. You know, it, it sounds obvious, but how often do you attend parties or functions because you you should or, you know, You need to look at time as precious and not to be wasted on activities that we don't love. At at the end of of most people's life, people most often regret not having spent time with their loved ones. The people you hold near and dear need to be the most important people on the planet to you. They're the ones who are interested and really paying attention. So you want to treat these people like celebrities because to you, they should be. And make sure they know how you value them and you always be glad you did. You know, another thing is, if we don't want to live a regretful life, love your work. Do what you're passionate about. If you do what you're passionate about, the money will come. So we spend more hours at work than anywhere else anywhere else in our life. If you if that drains you, it bores you, it makes you unhappy. It's the wrong job. You know, if, if you're not sure what you love to do, take some time for self-reflection. If you already are, now is the time to start to start taking steps towards that dream. What in the world is holding you back? You know, honor your mistakes. Making mistakes is not the problem. Expecting yourself to be perfect and never make them is a problem. You know, one day when you're an old fart sitting in the rocking chair, uh, you know, on, on some front porch, you'll realize that mistakes were inevitable, human, and regretting them is a waste of time. They are lessons. Failing is not something to beat yourself up over. It's something to celebrate. It means you tried. It means you are engaged. Learn your lesson. Forgive yourself. Move on. Study your intentions rather than your outcomes. Did I intend to hurt people? Did I intend to make a bad mistake? Did I intend to do something wrong? You know, if you did not have bad intentions and 99% of most people never have bad intentions. They may be selfish, but they never realize how their life impacts other people because they're so into their own head. You know, you know, the biggest thing in life is do what you say, what you say you're going to do. You know, trust is deeper than love. When you trust someone, love comes. You can love someone and not trust them. But that is a love that doesn't grow very often and very quickly. When you work on trust, your life begins to have continuity. When you work on trust, opportunities come your way. You know, trust is a huge deal. You know, there's no quicker way to slide into a really bad situation is making empty promises and assurances. Doing so inevitably is going to hurt and disappoint the people you love. Keep your word whenever possible. And on rare occasions, 
you know, if something unavoidable comes up, explain the situation and try to offer an alternative. This makes people feel prioritized, even when you have to bail. You know, the biggest deal is take accountability when you do not follow through. Be the first to be accountable. Because if you live a life where you can't be trusted, you might find yourself in jail. You might find yourself in prison or you might find yourself imprisoned in a life that you never want to live. And you might feel imprisoned in a life where people don't want to be around you because they can't trust you. It is too much work. I mean, we do this with our kids, just trying to get them to be trustable, trying to get them to make good choices, trying to get them to have good values. But the deal is oftentimes most of them lie. And so the deal is that's a struggle. That's hard for parents because then you have to check and double check every single thing they do. But when you have an adult standing before you who can't take the time to have the integrity to be trusted and stands around living bold-faced lies all the time, that person is going to have a life that is destructive, that is hard to be around, and is not going to have a lot of relationships migrating to them. You know, the biggest thing is, you know, treat your body good. You know, it's the only body you're going to get. But a lot of people, you can just look at them and go, that's a depressed person because they are way overweight. They're not taking care of themselves. And you know that deep down inside, they feel bad about that. And they feel bad, when, especially when they're trying to run with a young child or do something, an activity that they can't do or have to be pushed in a wheelchair because they're too fat to get around. You know, that is a, a miserable life to live. And if you can change it, if you have the ability or the power to change it, Change it. Change it and grab life. The other thing is many people don't practice gratitude. No matter how bad things seem at a a given moment, there's always something to be grateful for. You know, if, if you have clean drinking water, if you have food in the refrigerator, you know, if there's still one person on the planet that loves you, be grateful for that and build from there. When you specify what you're grateful for before, it becomes more real. Who and what keeps your life running? Thank whatever greater force you most relate to. Hopefully you're a Christian and hopefully it's God, you know, but choose to expand rather than contract. Watch the waves of regret for what you think you don't have to retract. You know, apologies are a hard thing for some people. Whether you lost your temper in a heated argument or if you made a joke that offended someone or your next move is critical. Do you try to minimize the potential damage of your actions? Do you deny that you did anything wrong or do you apologize to those that you hurt? You know, the science behind an effective apology is fairly simple. You know, uh, uh, there's six components of a good apology. And, and uh, first is, uh, and, and to be effective apology, is the expression of regret. The explanation of what we did wrong. The acknowledgement of responsibility. The declaration of repentance. An offering of repair. And a requesting for forgiveness. You know, if for some reason you can't uh, craft an apology with all of those components, the most important element is to accept responsibility. And acknowledging that you made a mistake and, and make it clear that you're at fault and never apologize to someone else's feelings 
you need to also take responsibility for how people may have perceived you. And so apologize for that, that you have been perceived in a negative light due to something that you put out there. Take responsibility for that perception. You know, uh, uh, there's also components of, from the expression of regret, the, expl- uh, the explanation of what r- went wrong and the declaration of repentance. Um, those are very important components because now you're going back to process to help them understand what did you do wrong and why. You know, we need to also, if we're going to apologize, we need to be very sincere about that. And that is not acting. That means that we uh, don't mumble, we don't avert eye contact, we don't stand in the corner with our arms crossed. You know, it's not going to matter what you say if you're going to take a defensive posture. If you're still angry or your tone of voice tells a different story than the words that are coming out of your mouth, you know, that's going to be sad. That's not an apology that people want to hear. If you really want to repair a relationship, deliver an apology face-to-face. Delivering an apology over email or via text will likely fall short. A recipient wants to see and hear that your regret is authentic. You know, have the courage to apologize. Saying you're sorry is uncomfortable. It can be hard to admit shortcomings and acknowledge your mistakes, but taking responsibility is the key to restoring a relationship. So whether you're offended, uh, your mother-in-law, you hurt your partner's feelings, own it. Include those six elements in an apology and it will help you. You know, we've all met people who never apologize, who proudly tell you that their family has a no-apology reputation that goes back generations. This is an awful stance, and it's often mixed with notions of fierce independence, narcissism, personal pride, you know, every man for himself mentality. You know, we live a humble life. We are all failed creatures. We are all flawed And the deal is, if we're not humble enough to admit our mistakes and admit our flaws, we no longer affiliate ourselves with other humans and often will judge other people as being less than we are. You know, for for some people, apologizing is less a part of a philosophy, more of a situational uh, specific uh, determination of culpability that's – you know, did I really do something wrong? That means we really do the self-analysis necessary. Some people just apologize for everything. And, you know, those kind of folks, they they need to begin to understand that no one expects them to apologize for everything. And that means they probably have some people in their life that love to use that person as – because they will apologize – as a a place to blame everything, even though they're not to blame for it. So an apologetic person, someone that apologizes over everything, they need to be called on it and say, hey, man, you're not accountable for everything. Did you notice how much you apologize? You know, you need to set better boundaries so people don't uh, take advantage of you. And it's very important to say, no, I'm not accountable for that. This is something that you did, but you're trying to make me accountable. I want you to own some part of it. You know, I statements, I statements, I regret, I apologize. Those are huge. What did you do? What did you contribute to the bad outcome? That is what people need to hear, not I am responsible for the whole thing. But the biggest deal is if you're going to apologize, don't text, don't send emails. It's really a crappy way to do it. And and finally, you want to include uh, if, if – uh, 
opportunities for people to communicate with you after you apologize and circle back to make sure your apology goes through. All right. Now, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or through our podcast link on voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel. Now, remember, when most people uh, uh, are dying in this day and age, as their life flashes before them, all they usually will see is cell phones and the internet. Also, remember, if you want to feel regret, Open one of your storage closets and look at all the junk you spent money on that you can't use and don't need. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.